Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Lovely Travels podcast. Emma, my dear, what is today's episode all about? It's about Canada. Well, Hooray for Canada! The official name is not Canada, it's Canada, but uh, I like to call it uh, Canada because they're Canadians, like we're Australians from Australia, so they're Canadians from Canada, like it makes sense. They're not Canadians. Yes. Canada. They're not Canadians. Canadians would be strange. It would be strange, but it would also be <laughs> it would follow suit a lot better. But um, uh, it didn't. So have you, you have you been to Canada? I have that. not been to to, to the to the to the. I have not been to Canada. Um, it's on my list. Um. I would like to go, but I, it seems like a big trip and I've never sort of been able to make it work. It is a big trip and it's like, it's funny, like it just kind of dawned on me during the episode, not that I don't know by looking at the map slash having been there and flown across the country, um, but like just realising how big it is. Um, so mm. like Australia, there's a lot of, there's just it's just a huge country and it's, uh, it's more populated than Australia and um, people are a bit more spread out, but there's still a lot of wilderness. There's a lot of natural landscape that is not populated yeah. and it's very rugged. Um, I think on the uh, episode we talk about it being rugged. Um, it's such a great word for Canada. Um, very outdoorsy. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, it just was, it just made me realize, I think this happens, you know, and I said it on there with a lot of countries, like, you've been to you only really have time to go to one place unlike europe where you can drive through you know a lot of the countries are smaller you could drive through a lot of it but even so you're still probably going to a city um or you're seeing one side or even one sort of smidge of the country um but i guess looking at it and seeing how big it was made me very it made it very real um also for the fact that um, I lived in Canada for um, a few months while I was working on the ski fields. Oh, well. Yeah. So, it was um, in Big White in uh, British Columbia, so BC. Um, BC. So, over on the West Coast. So, it's about six hours inland from uh, Vancouver. So, you fly into Vancouver, get a bus, um, and then you go to the city, Kelowna, and then you go up the hill from there. So... Uh, hill being a mountain, <laughs> that's how we talk about the snow. Um, but the weird thing was like it was 85%. It's an Australian-owned resort and there were 85% Australian staff and so and a lot of the guests right. from Australia too. So 
although there were some very Canadian elements to where I was living and, and things that made you, yes, I'm definitely in Canada and the landscape was Canadian in terms of just how big the mountains were and the trees and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of the culture, um, ski fields have yeah. their own culture, out, like, you know, mm. to the country. So if you went to the snow in France or you went to the snow in Australia or the snow in the US, you get a different cultural experience at the snow, but it's also very universal in that um, you could feel like you're anywhere um, sure. when you're skiing or snowboarding in the mountains. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah Did you- spent a lot of time, but I haven't actually spent a lot of time in Canada. <laughs> I spent a lot of Canada. time in the mountains. <laughs> Did you see a bear? No, which like I feel sad about, but then people who have seen bears in the wild are like, t- it's quite scary. So, um, <laughs> those things will <laughs> eat you. Yeah, they, you know, they'll get you. Um, they don't really love the snow, the bears. That's, that's their sleepy time. So, um, oh, of course, of yeah, course. They were snoozing. Uh, but what yeah. about, sorry, you did go. you have, did you have, um, how many liters of maple syrup would you? think you consumed whilst there you know i probably consumed more like maple syrup flavored things like one of the things i loved was the porridge and they had like three pack of porridge and one of the flavors was maple syrup and um yeah i think more maple syrup maple themed things so they kind of get the maple in um I don't even think I bought a bottle of maple syrup. I think I might have brought one oh. home, like more as like a souvenir type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, oh, yeah, the um, hostel I ended up living at was like they had um, like pancake day and, yeah, there was like. More like, like a syrup day. Of, yeah, there was like a gallon of, oh. of syrup. It was just like, glug. <laughs> have you had any poutine? I did have poutine. One of like the cool things um, on the mountain, again, this is the cultural element of the snow is like, uh, you, they'd have these little shack type things where you could stop and have a drink and some food, and there was mm. one that was dedicated to poutine. And so, awesome. we would you would plan your route. Uh, so you'd be like, I'm going to go on that <laughs> run because I know that I can get poutine on that run. Um, that was pretty fun. Uh, I've and been skiing. You wouldn't get somewhere else, you know. So that that was yeah. a cultural element of skiing in Canada. I have a I have a fun fact before we get started into the episode. Which we haven't even considered talking about in, uh, talking about yet. Um, <laughs> the I've I've been skiing twice and I don't know how to break. Yeah, it's kind of important when you're going downhill. I, well, which is really yeah. the whole point of skiing is going downhill. So <laughs> and breaking. I think the, the maybe that's why it's not. I've not caught the ski ski fever. Skiver. Yeah. Um, because I don't know how to stop. So tell yeah. me, Emma, who did you interview from Canada? Because I haven't been. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I ended up having a chat with my amazing friend, Charlie Acourt, who is an exceptionally talented musician uh, who is mm-hmm. from the east coast of Canada, a place called Halifax. And right. I actually had the uh, blessing of going in 2014 and I went to the um, – Canadian Music Week, which was hosted in Toronto. Uh, so I got to hang out with him there. And then um, I went to visit him in Halifax in his uh, state of, well, they don't call it state, they call them provinces, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Nova Scotia. 
Yeah, it just was um, – and when you look at the map, and I, like even when having been there, I just didn't realise how far over it was. So even from Toronto, and Toronto is kind of almost in line with New York in terms of the United States, and then um, Nova Scotia is even further east from right. the coast. Because, like, yeah, uh, the way North America goes is kind of like a cone shape, you know, where Mexico's yep. – Narrow, starts narrower and it goes up and, and the top of Canada is really very quite wide. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just interesting looking at that. But just a little bit about Charlie. So I'm just going to read a little bit of his bio. Um, mm-hmm. He's a country boy raised on a record collection of classic R&B, soul, blues, rock and folk, ranging from the band and John Prine to Otis Redding and B.B. King. He's, a, he's well known for his emotional delivery and he's, yeah, just amazing performer and stage mm-hmm. presence both in intimate acoustic settings and large festival stages. Whether he's stripping down the music on an acoustic or soaring above the band on electric, A Court's music reaches the people in a new, unique way and uh, this is a very fun one, Darius, because we actually started the episode with him playing for us. Uh, did he record us a new intro? No, no, he just played one of his songs, but, you know. We can, can we get him to record us an intro? I I could probably do that. I didn't think about asking him. That would be super fun. That um, would be super fun. Yeah, and look, to be honest, it, uh, probably about 60% of it was us catching up. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, oh, no, and talking about um, what it's like to travel, you know, what it's like to be a musician and, and they travel is part of their job. And sure. he used to travel a lot between Australia and Canada, how we met. And oh, so, that's a, oh, we could get so many musicians on because all they do is travel. Yeah, it's really – so it was really interesting to hear that perspective and I was like, damn, this is almost like, you know, one week like, – like you and Derek, we could have recorded for seven hours. Um, you know, we, we were going to make a seven-part series but, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we did get to Canada and he did t- tell, um, tell me some really – fascinating stuff and things I'd never thought about and basically the episode just made me realize how much I want to get back and how much more I want to see and and, and I think really uh it is a place like a lot of places we wish we had more time but I think it's somewhere it would be good to have a couple months um doing doing a bit of a road trip um getting to see the different parts of the country there's also the bilingual aspect of the country with they've got uh the French Canadian um, culture, which is really quite divisive in some ways and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very unique in that respect. And, yeah, it was just – it was really great and, um, yeah, just he's a, so an entertaining person to talk to anyway. So I, I had highly doubt it will be our first interlude with uh, Mr. Mr. Acord. Our last interlude. Yes. It was, was our first. <laughs> will not be the last. Correct. Excited. Well – uh, <laughs> well, I'm excited too now, and I think we should get right into the um, our first musical episode. Yes, with Emma and Charlie Acor talking about Canada. Let's do it. I don't care what it is you did, and just come home tonight. Can talk on about it in the morning and try to set things right. Is he alive for about making mistakes if we learn not to make them twice? 
Yes, I guess my lesson learned is not to compromise. What do you mean when you say you need a change of scene? Charlie Accord. Ah, oh my gosh. This is the 
coolest start to an episode we've ever had. Nice. Um, <laughs> and as I was saying before, this is the most professional setup. Like we're like Charlie is legit in a studio. I'll put up a photo. Um, and I've just spotted while you were singing, not that I wasn't focusing on your beautiful singing, but um, Optimus Prime behind you. That's right. Yes. Oh, yes. My uh, my Optimi Prime. Oh, right. oh. It's just right. I've got to. Remember we stole uh, <laughs> Daniel's mask, your son's mask. And I it yep. And I, I'll have to find that video. I still have. There's that. And I, there's a photo of you uh, wearing a, a black wig. Uh, I have like a like a black um, like a black cat wig of some sort. It was, I'm pretty sure it was nothing to do with Halloween. I just I don't no. know why it was, you saw it there and you were like, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, cookies. You grilled pineapple on the barbecue, oh, wow. and uh, you know, yeah, playing just stealing all your son's toys. It was um, that was at my visit to your house. <laughs> Good memory. That was great. I probably demanded that you sing to me as I always do. I'm like, Charlie Jukebox, play this song, play this song. <laughs> You're my own personal jukebox. That's a... Uh, right. Yeah. But I shouldn't have demanded it in your own home. When you stayed in my home... That was home. that was probably crossing a line, but, I, you know, I was... I was it was fine. It was whatever. <laughs> now, look, I've, I've we've done an intro before, but I always like to ask people, um, tell me, who are you and how do we know each other? Well, my name is Charlie Acourt, and I'm uh, based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. That's uh, Atlantic Canada on the East Coast. And we met way back when I was touring Australia, and uh, and you were living in Melbourne at the time. Yeah. And I, I met you through a mutual friend, a music promoter and, and organizer and, and music aficionado. And, uh, and then shortly thereafter, we went to a Jason Mraz concert. Yes, that was amazing. Yes, we went to Jason Mraz, and then I did. Dem I think I demanded you sing to me the next day that, as well, and then it was that like was, that, that was that was another time. Yeah, yeah, that, that was yeah. how it began, and then and then we got to work together, which was so awesome. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so on a couple of a uh, couple of the trips over, uh, you were big anchor on the social media, getting organizing the posts, letting fans know where I was going to be how they could hear me, how they could see me, um, and you crafted a whole wonderful like Hootsuite campaign of of um, uh, all the social media channels. And it was awesome because it, it just took the guesswork out of how do I how do I get the message out there to people? Yes. And I'm so proud of you like to see this setup now and you talking about um, so that you're streaming on Twitch and um, doing things like I think you were a little bit at the time, a little bit sort of, OK, I know I got to do this, but like I don't really want to do it. And now you're just owning it. It's uh, it's been a it's been an interesting road. Um, I so my last trip to Oz was in uh, May of uh, 2018, and that was to play at uh, at um, 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 Broad Beach Blues Fest. Yeah, and uh, and which was an an awesome experience. I had been there the year before, but only for one night, and uh, that as an opening act. So I I didn't get the opportunity to experience the whole thing. And then in 2018, we came back, and I got the full meal deal, the experience of of being on the Gold Coast and and uh, checking out Broad Beach, and it was just such an amazing festival. And of course, I wasn't then, here. <laughs> no, no. I, I, so it was, you know, it was, you know, it was only slightly below amazing. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been amazing. But yeah. uh, 
another another time. <laughs> and me and your lovely wife, we're just never meant to, you know, we're just meant to be ships in the night. So I will That's meet right. you one day. Em, I'm not avoiding you, and I know you're not avoiding me, but one yeah. day. We t- it's we- funny. It's it's yeah. funny because my Twitch chat refers to her as Phantom Wife. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> She does not want to be caught on camera. She doesn't, she does not feel comfortable in front of a camera. Uh, and so these lights just, they're like, no, I'm not, I, I don't want to be around any of these lights. This is not for me. It's amazing. <laughs> she is real. She's very real. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely believe it. Um, uh, she, yes, a lovely woman. I've talked to her, uh, but, uh, it, you know, look, we do live across the world from another, like, I think it, we can't really live that much further away from one another. We are Commonwealth cousins though. So it's, we're, yeah. We're far apart, but we're, we're still, we're still, we're always in touch with each other. So it's fine. Yeah. And it's been a blessing that I got to come and see you, not only see you, but stay with you in Canada and, <laughs> Canada, uh, that's right. and that you've, uh, yeah, you've come out here quite a few times. So yeah, it's a bit wacky for you at the moment because you were traveling. Was it predominantly you would travel in Canada and Australia for, for your music with your work? Uh, at that point it was i'm uh you know i've done other touring to other regions but uh there was a a real at that point there was a real effort focused on uh, canada and australia um, because a lot of the connections that were were happening uh really really quickly uh between uh friends and colleagues in the industries here and there um it was just there was a a real uh, things were really just blossoming and yeah um, and it was, things were going really, really well. And then I, I hit a, a health problem, uh, at the end of 2018, like day, like days before my 40th birthday. And that ended up sidelining me for about six months where I, I couldn't mm. walk and I'd lost the use of my feet. And, um, I was, you know, I, there was a, there was a real, but I, there was a real part of me that really thought this was, I was looking at the end of my career because, you know, touring is such a physical, physical yeah. thing, you know, it's not, it's, you know, sure, maybe I get to the show and, and I could sit down for the show, but because, because my feet were, were just not cooperating with me, but then there's all the time in between, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to carry my gear. Yeah. Like, how do I get back and forth to gigs? And so there was this whole thing kind of looming over my head for months about how do I, how do I approach this? And, and that uh, there is such a big in music and I guess, you, th- you know, you see the big, big acts who tour the do world tours and stuff like that. But just in any, if you're doing well in music, you you have to gig and you have to get around. Even oh, if it was in yeah. your own town, you're you're going from club to club or you know venue to venue. You're driving around. Like I just know when I worked with you guys, like how much logistics there was and how much of a help it was when you knew someone in a city because you were just you would rack oh. up so much money in, in t- cabs and stuff if you didn't have a local easily, especially if you're operating as an independent act. Like if you weren't working with a major label that had, you know, reserves and had budgets to, to, to coordinate these things and, and then everything gets reconciled after the fact, when you're an independent artist, you're paying for a lot of this stuff mm. in the moment. And so cash flow, particularly at the beginning of a tour is is non-existent and yeah. you know a lot of times you're starting off a tour thousands of dollars in debt 
uh, before you've even played your first gig because you know you're working on things like airfare uh immigration uh yeah. policies and, and uh um you know union letters and you know these are these are things that when they all add up you know they they create a significant uh a significant debt to the tour even before you've begun the gig and so once you're on the ground running you it's not you're not on vacation no and um I've never been, my personality was never one to, uh, I never, every time I came to Oz, I never felt like I could truly soak up the experience because I was constantly worried about, am I going to have any money to bring back to my wife and, and mm. infant, infant son at the time? And uh, so I, I was always, I was always this guarded. There was only ever, uh, I can only ever remember just a few so, sort of nights over the course of like eight years of traveling uh, to Oz uh, on a regular basis, where it was just like I really, truly let my hair down and, and allowed myself to enjoy the experience. And of all the times uh, that I, and, and as you know, I would travel to Oz two, sometimes mm. even three times a year, depending on the activity. Out of all those times going to Oz, there was only ever one time touring that I went swimming. And wow. that was, I had never, I had never, I couldn't, I, I, I didn't go to a beach. I never went to a beach. I don't know if you know this, but you've got some beaches there. And, <laughs> We're uh, kind of known for it. I don't know. Right. Well, it's heard. just, <laughs> and it was and the, Cronulla and Cronulla is a beach place. It's a beautiful beach place, but I never, I didn't go. I never, I never took the time to do it because I was always, I always felt like, okay, I will, I wake up, I've got to get ready for a gig. I've got to, I got to do prep i've got a so it's a very very physical job and uh and and when you come off the road you're wiped and yeah. and it's not just the the mental uh strain of of being a performer and entertainer and everything that goes on but you're you know like you working independently you're a business owner so you've got to have an administrative hat on yeah. um you're an entertainer so you've got to have you've got to get your social skills out out in front yeah and uh and work the crowd and and uh and deliver a, a performance that people walk away uh you know just over the moon about and so it's it's a very high energy high physical job and when all of that shut down uh and this is even pre-pandemic as i said this was back in 2018 i really thought that was it mm. and so by the time late March, April of 2019 came around. Um, a friend of mine who is a, uh, a regular content creator and streamer on Twitch and YouTube had really been encouraging me. Matter of fact, he had done the photography for um, the album that that song is on, on the Triumph and Disaster album that has July Josephine and Sun is Gonna Shy. Oh, I love and that album. <laughs> Well, that all the photography for that was done by this this fellow out of Montreal, who is also a Twitch streamer, and he had been egging me on to to go for it. And I at the time I, I just didn't know how what to what I was bringing to the table as a streamer because I it just didn't it, it didn't equate to me at the time. Mm. But then I made the decision to jump right in because I had zero income because I physically couldn't stand. I was so depressed, yeah, um, and felt just useless because. Uh, you know, my wife's going to work every day. My son's going off to school today and I'm at home, you know, trying to get over this pain and, and, 
and and reckon what I was going to do for a music career. And and then so I jumped in into the Twitch music community and started streaming. And just a few days ago, I celebrated my my two year anniversary on Twitch as a as a streamer. And it's been an amazing and I've subsequently since I've been able to go back in on tour and I've done I've done, uh, uh, um, you know, weeks of touring where it's, you know, the, the usual pace. But at the time it was just like, okay, there was something about my body that was like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I'm shutting you down for a hard reset. Yeah. And look, you know, I think, you know, sometimes the universe does that for us and yeah. you know, it makes you, makes you sort of reassess, but that would be hugely challenging because yeah. And the energy, I guess, like you, 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 we heard you play just before and you bring such an amazing energy and, I mean, the fact that you can just turn it on like that is, is incredible. Like, it's such a gift that you have. Even when you've sung on demand privately to me, you just, you, it's like you're, I think that's a lovely thing because some people would need the audience. I know comedians have really struggled because they need sure. the audience yeah. to, I guess. Um, it's part of the cadence. It's part yeah. of the delivery, especially for, for stand-up comedians. Um, you know, artists, uh, when I say artists, I mean musicians in particular, you know, when we play, um, you know, we, you're, you're, you're anticipating a response. You're, yeah. you're, there's an anticipatory engagement in the, in the process of performing live. Um, but it's you re as a, a, for comedians, I would, I would imagine because uh, not too many people call me funny. They would really, oh, hilarious. they need, I'm so I'm fishing for that. I was fishing. Uh, <laughs> uh they part of the delivery part of the rhythm and the meter of the joke is is sometimes very heavily dependent on the timing of which you get the reaction you get the laugh mm. from the audience and uh so i i can imagine that it would you know if it's been hard in in the discipline of music what it must i can only imagine how that feels for uh for comedians because you're really relying on two-way communication to deliver the art form yeah yeah for sure but i think you've um it's amazing to hear that you've adapted and um and how do you like yeah i, I look funnily enough i wanted this chat to be about canada but um and we will we'll get to canada but um we'll i mean it's a seven we're, hour uh, conversation we're gonna I, look, we're gonna have yeah, to this is part one of seven so <laughs> like no joke but no but your life travel i think when travel for work people and i do travel with with work sometimes and people think it's you know oh like they used to say with my dad he goes to conferences and they'd be like oh just another junket sort of like oh ha 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 mm -hmm, but it's mm -hmm. like you said you've got to be on um you've got to be professional uh you have to attend events even though it's, yes sometimes it's fun to socialize but sometimes you're really you're very aware of of how you're coming across and and who you're talking to and how you're connecting and so that takes a lot of energy and so then yeah i know what you mean like there's times where i'm like in a place and i'm there for a conference or for work and yeah i'd love to go out and see the city or whatever but sometimes i'm like i just need to catch up on rest or this yeah, is just right? a nice hotel and a really lovely yeah. bed and i'm just gonna sit here you know just for a bit and i go it's my lazy tourist time but you got to catch up sometime and the act of travel itself the getting on a plane getting on a bus driving in cars the toing and froing the picking up the luggage as you say moving. the hovering over the computer to make the reservations of everything Ugh. 
And especially when, especially when there's schedules involved, you know, you've got to time a bus pickup with a flight arrival or a taxi with a, with a hotel reservation. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it can be exhausting. And so, yeah, when you're on the, when you're on tour, you get rest when you can get rest because the rest of the time you're on the light switch is on. You are, you are the entity that you are representing. You're not like the way I, the way I describe it to people, um, is, you know, when I'm on tour, I am Charlie Acourt, but when I am home, I'm Charlie. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a, there's a big difference between, uh, between the two mindsets and the states of vulnerability. Uh, when I'm on tour, I'm very guarded. Yes. Very guarded because I have to keep tabs on everything that's in play. And when I come home, it's like a fortress of solitude and I get mm. to let the guard down a little bit. I can be a husband. I can be a father. And, uh, but the, it's a two, there are two states of being that, yeah. um, that, you know, Gemini's would love, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's something that you, it's a skill set, you know, mm. and it's, and, you know, like yourself being self-employed and working in a very, very fluid industry where, you know, it's not like we keep shop hours no. and, uh, it's, you know, if something strikes in the middle of the night and you've got to respond or react to it, then, then that's, what, that's, that's your job, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's, but that's something that you learn. You don't just, you don't just start your career that way. You learn how to navigate those circadian rhythms in a, in a manner that allows you to deliver the professional brand that you are. And I think, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I, I hope to start, um, um, you know, cause I'm specializing in personal branding now. I hope to start a podcast. I'm going to have to get you back on. Cause yes, that was like. I'm just going to like take that little snippet. That was just perfect. go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yes. Anyway, you're, I love, I love talking to you. You know that, but I, I feel very honored and blessed that I think I have seen, I've, well, I saw you very relaxed and um, in your home, but I think I, I was very fortunate when you came to Australia that we did have moments and times. I know at the, the Jason Mraz concert, that was really, that and that's the so... night I met you and you were, that was, you were able to enjoy and there were times, but I've also, you know, seen you in that, yeah, like I know you want to enjoy, I know you want to relax, but um, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I don't think I do that to my detriment. I mean, it's, no, I, you it's know, what I, don't, it I, I wouldn't say it's just what it is. Yeah, I, I, don't, I wouldn't look at it like this is my regret of being in business no. for myself. But it's just like, okay, like when it's game time, I want, I want, I put my game face on. But then, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, you want to be Batman, but sometimes it's nice to just be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And you know? when you're, I, I just know, yeah, I, I've seen there's times where, yeah, it, you are thinking about the next gig or, or whatever. And if you can capture that, catch that moment where you get to enjoy and, and be around and, and see the city. But, but yeah, you're predominantly, and you understand the nature of the trip that you are there for work. And I think a mm. lot of people don't get that. And people who are getting into the industry, people are like, I love music and I want to play music. Well, yeah, cool. But you also need to be running a business you need to be promoting yourself you can't just you know build it and they'll come i'm gonna play my guitar over here and everybody's gonna come and watch me and pay me lots of money like you gotta you gotta push it you gotta sell it you gotta make the connections you've gotta go to the gigs you know go and yeah, find yeah. the work and the musicians who have done well um you know and from the people that i've worked with they are business people as well as as a very talented artist you can't 
rely solely on the art. There are very few people who would have been picked up and, and yeah, catapulted yeah. into that sort of stardom. I think that's such a illusion or a, a myth of, of your industry. So it's a testament to your work ethic and uh, your extreme <laughs> talent as well. I'm sorry, I, 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 you're breaking up. Did you say ruggedly good looks? I missed, I missed that part. I'm just assuming that that's what you said. So, <laughs> I'm just trying to blow a little more smoke up your behind. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I already like. Why do I need to buddy you up? You're already here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're already yeah, my yeah. pal. You know, yeah. Wait, I, I don't need to do that. But I'm in I, the door. I, my foot's already in the door. Uh, but yes, you reminded me before of you saying the connections and the, the travel and having to be on top of that. One of my biggest epic travel fails was, oh, no, look, it was a silly travel fail. When I arrived to Halifax Airport, I had four hours before I had to get a bus to Anaganish. Right, that, yeah. Yeah, to see our, our lovely friend Kim Wempy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I had like four hours, so I was like doing stuff in the airport on my on my laptop and stuff like that. And then my phone died, so I was charging it. I hadn't changed my watch. Oh, no. I'm looking at the clock on my computer, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. My clock on my computer is always on Sydney time. My phone, which usually updates to the local Updates, time, yeah, yeah. And then my watch was still on. I had come from... Um, where had I come from somewhere else uh, where the time, you know, there was a time difference and I just had that sinking feeling and I ran through the airport to the bus station oh, and I'd wow. missed my bus. Oh, hot damn. And the guy, I cried and I cried and, and lovely, you know, that friendly, lovely Canadian, he didn't make me buy another ticket. He, he let me just move my ticket. But after like waiting for four hours in the airport, I had to wait another four hours or something. And I missed oh, a lobster right. dinner. They had a lobster dinner. Oh, man. And, uh, but they, you know. Knowing they must have saved a lobster for they you. Did. They did. They did. Uh, they're beautiful. But, you know, like they'd been over at um, Kim's mom's house. And Alice, our friend, was there too. And they sort of had this little party. And it was just as well that, you know, that whole, I've already waited. I've wasted all this time. And now I need to wait again. And it was just that sinking feeling of that stupid, should have changed my watch. Right. The time. Should it, yeah. But I mean, it's, but you, you know, you don't think of those things in the moment sometimes. And, uh, it's live and you learn. And so I learned, (laughs) I used to like leaving my watch on the time I'd come from. So I changed from that time to as soon as I get on the plane, I changed my watch to the next time zone. Right. And does that, do you, and do you have to do that manually or does that automatically update? Well, see, the phone automatically updates, so I was so used to that, but because it had died and I was charging it, that's why. So I don't actually wear it. My watch um, broke during COVID, and I've never... um I haven't got haven't, a new one. I just sure, time yeah, yeah. time no longer matters, Charlie. I don't. That's right. I care, yeah. <laughs> I care not for time. So this is but, the longest Monday <laughs> I've ever had. Yeah. But yes, if I if I ever get a watch again, um, top tip: change it to the time zone you're going to, so that you can be on time for the bus and not miss lobster dinner, which right. is a lovely part of Nova Scotia. But anyway, have you always been from that side of Canada? Yeah, I've grown up, I grew up uh, in Truro, which is pretty much smack dab in the middle of the province. It's referred to as the hub of Nova Scotia. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, so uh, as a kid, that's, I grew up out in the country, um, just north of Truro. And uh, I moved to Halifax in 2000. 
um, at even before I had started my career, I ha had done a couple of years as a, a freelance music journalist and uh, and then moved to Halifax to get a start on the career and then the, my first album came out in 2002 and at the time as it, when, I, when I was a younger man I my my thoughts were it, to move to a larger mecca of sorts you know go to Toronto or maybe go to New York or or maybe even like Austin or you know Nashville or LA or anywhere um that was before getting more and more entrenched with the music industry here in Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada as, as, as a larger region. And I discovered that really it came down to a plane ticket and an internet connection. Yeah. And, and I could, I could continue to grow here at home uh, and, and be able to get my world, uh, my workout onto the world stage. Nova Scotia, I mean, the East Coast in particular has a real, real, um, it, it's a it's a point of pride of a lot of families who make the, the sacrifice of moving out West to support their family back here. Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks will go out to Alberta uh, uh, or, you know, they'll go out West to um, sectors of Canada that are, you know, it's oil or energy or some 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 industry that uh and, and and the offsprings of those industries that are are really well-paying jobs hard-working jobs but they're well-paying and a lot of the uh, you know folks from east coast will go out there and work on ro as rotational workers mm. and then send the money home to the family and then they come home for a week and then they're back out for another three weeks and they come home for a week and 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 so there was an aspect of that that i uh, mm. that i sort of I, I, I kind of adapted in a sense because, because of the fact that I could continue to live here in Halifax and travel to go, whether fly to Ontario for a week worth of work, fly out to Western Canada for a week's worth of work. Um, you know, the only downside to all that is that you're living on one side of the country and it, it takes a full day to get to the other side of the country. Oh by, yeah. Like you know, Australia, it's like it's Sydney to big. Perth. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. It's five and, and a half uh, hours or six hours or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think uh, I think uh, so. We've got Pacific, Mountain, Central, Eastern Atlantic, uh, and Newfoundland, Labrador. So we have six. You know, Canada spans six time zones, and um, and so that's a lot. That's a lot of traveling, but. Uh, I would, I, I, at some point became cemented that I really wanted to continue to call Nova Scotia home and, you know, raise, you know, get married and raise my, uh, raise my son here with my wife and, and, uh, and, and continue to call Halifax home. And so at this point it's, I, we have everything, even, you know, the music industry is, is really the infrastructure of the music industry here has always had, uh, the world stage at the forefront of its vision in terms mm. of promoting the music that comes out of the Atlantic Canadian region. Like at one, at one point in time, uh, we would have national broadcasts of our regional music awards. You know, Juno's are our Canadian level of Grammys or, uh, what is it? Uh, um, what are the, what are the awards? The Arias. Yes, the Arias. Um, I was going to say Chain, but I think that's spe specifically in the blues community in, in yes. Australia. Yeah. And um, and then 
and and so we would as a as a region we would have this national broadcast of the music that came out of this part of the country and uh and so there was always that infrastructure built in and which really helped to foster the ability to, to actually stay home and continue to live in nova scotia but building a career that allowed me to travel and tour europe and tour into the states and you know eventually make my way to australia and, and tour there so yeah. I, you know, I've been really lucky in that regard uh, that I've never, uh, that I haven't in fact had to move away because it's beautiful. You've, you've been here. The, the coastline is, yeah. is gorgeous. It's, there's, there's, um, it, it's, it's rustic. It is, mm. um, hardy. It is connected to one another and it is a place where, uh, you, you can, you can, you can have global designs on 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 career aspirations and continue cool. to live in a region that has a population of under a million people. It's very homely. It feels very homely and very um yeah, warm and and comfortable and um there was good seafood. Like I, I remember from the Nova mm. Scotia uh, Nova Scotia showcase at the Toronto um you know, music festival. Canadian, that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Canadian Music Week, sorry, in yeah, Toronto. That's right. um, yeah, there was a Nova Scotia showcase and they had the most incredible giant oysters. <laughs> like they were like my hand <sighs> oh, yeah. size. Yeah. Like me and you know, Jeff were just going to town. It was <laughs> like they were like a meal in themselves. It was crazy. Oh yeah. No, they're fantastic. Uh and and you I mean that's the thing. Like you can walk in to uh, you can go to Charlottetown and go in and there'll be a there'll be a, a pub there. It's uh, a dollar a oyster. You know, basically just oh. go to town and they are so good. Yeah, really so good. good. Yeah, there was a guy like, you know, just this chef there like shucking them and it was like a just a massive job was just shucking these oysters and <laughs> yeah, the seafood, I just, I really, that stood out. I mean, the music was lovely too, but I really just, there was a lovely seafood buffet and uh, yeah, which was um, called to the, where you're located. Um oh. But yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, what do you love about your country? What do you love about Canada? And I guess you sort of mentioned that 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 rusticness, rustic is a great word for Canada, I think. Well, from from a from a landscape point of view, I mean, there's there, obviously we have our we have our, our our big cities. You know, Montreal is such a diverse city. Um, uh, Toronto, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, and. Uh, of you know Halifax has I mean Halifax is an international destination but I really the way I described it to a lot of people is that I've been to Hobart before and Hobart is actually as far south from the equator as Halifax is north and mm. so the climates are very similar they're port they're both port cities mm. um they have uh the, the architecture is uh you know, very Victorian. And um, it's, there's a, there seems to be a, 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 a um, kind of like an, a, a parallel between the two cities. And, and that being said, Halifax is, is like little city that could, it's, it's continually <laughs> punched above its weight uh, when it, when compared to other major cities around North America. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that, that was that was one of the reasons why I always loved being able to continue to live on the East Coast. But, you know, you look at the Rockies 
out in uh, in BC in Alberta, um, or if you're driving, if you're literally driving across the middle of the country and you can drive for a hundred kilometers straight yeah. for a hundred kilometers and not not make a single turn, and you can see at night, you can see a pair of headlights down the highway, and it takes you a half hour before you guys actually cross. Like it's it's the vastness of the country is yes. really really spectacular and there as much as there are developed areas in the country there are some areas that are are just so wonderfully untouched mm. and uh and and uh so true to its natural form we are really really fortunate to live uh to live here and uh it's you know it takes a bit to get around the country <laughs> but well it's uh, expensive to be honest like um it can be I mean, yeah you know the same for australia like sydney to perth is like a thousand dollars and i've i've flown to the uk for twelve hundred dollars or i've flown to america to the u.s done a 14-hour flight you know t for a thousand dollars um so it's mm. crazy i remember trying to get a, a flight i think even my flight toronto to halifax was was not cheap and uh, then I went and looking at, you would think Canada and the States are quite close, but um, I flew from, I think it was like $500 to fly from Canada down to the States. Like it right, was, yeah. yeah, it was not cheap, but it, then you look at the map and I mean, even when I, I don't know, I look like just, you know, even looking again, then just like Toronto to Halifax, which was where I came from. You mm. see why there was a time difference and why I got it wrong. Like it's, it's not sure. close. Yeah, no, I mean, if you were to drive it, uh, to drive Halifax to Toronto is a solid 20, 22 hours. Oh, shivers, wow. And, and, and we, we, routine, we routinely drive Halifax to Montreal to see my wife's family. Yeah. And that's, that's 12 hours uh, from, from door to door um, to, to basically the heart of Montreal. And um, so it's, you know, it it's vast. And it's so... Huge. You know, you can drive if you want, but if uh, if you wanna if you wanna fly, then they tack a little premium on for that. Unfortunately, now that we go through phases where you can get really good prices, yeah. But you know, it seems like over the last couple of years, um, prices were not super favorable. Yeah. And and, uh, and I, which is you know, I found the opposite to be true. Every time I came to Oz, is that mm. it? It was really affordable to get around. Oh, on the East Coast, and, especially. Yeah. On the East Coast, yeah. It was, you know, to like if I was going to Adelaide or something, you know, things start to get, you know, it starts to add up. Mm. Uh, or even if I was even just going Sydney to Melbourne. I mean, if I was traveling really light, then sure, I could get a ticket for 80 bucks. Yeah. Right. You know, if I wasn't checking anything in. And, and, you know, things like that were amazing. Canada has always seemed to be a little bit behind on, on airfare prices that way. And, the other downside is, um, you know, not not to to crap on the country, but I mean, every place has got pros and cons. Mm. Uh, you know, from from an infrastructure standpoint, um, you know, Canada still suffers as one of the worst countries for uh, cell phone uh, prices. Um, oh yeah, you know, I remember it. Yeah. Like it's astronomical to yeah. comparatively speaking, even to the states. Like hmm. the, 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 to be able to access, uh, bandwidth, um, is really, really costly here in Canada. And, uh, I, I never really understood why, unless it's just a, 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 a market thing, you know, there's the, what we refer to as the big three telecommunication companies here in Canada. And, 
uh, you know, there are smaller ones that are starting to, to pop up and they, sometimes they come and they go and they, 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 you know, ebb and flow with, with market. But generally like the, the, the prices for things like that, whereas, you know, I come to Australia and I could get a, I could get a, uh, a, a plan just for the month and spend, uh, $15 for eight gig yeah. uh, of data. Yeah. Um, whereas here, you know, in Canada, I'm right now spending $85 for five gig. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you know, yeah, trying to get a SIM card and it was, it was costly, but it's funny, like looking at it now, despite I actually spent a lot of time in Canada. I, I did um, a season at big white, a, a small season. I was there for seven weeks, but, wow. um, but you know what? It's like funny because, um, it's really this, the ski fields and the snow life is really different to day-to-day life and in terms of like i've been to vancouver i've been to toronto i've been to halifax uh but really you know considering i've probably spent eight nine weeks in in canada i've seen so little because when you're on the mountain it's a different world like living in big white you know i i barely even saw much of you know bc british columbia no i Um, I mean you can really it's all contained you're just on the mountain and uh, you know even i only went down to Kelowna, which is the main city near there like that how you get to that i only went to Kelowna like twice to like really just to do groceries and and stuff like that two or three times maybe and then so it's funny that i spent quite a bit of time but um yeah, it's like a world within a world. Um, yeah. So like it, and, and funnily enough, the big white, the mountain I went to, there's 85% of staff are Australian. So <laughs> that's the, I mean, that was the thing. I didn't want to bring it up, but yeah. Like yeah, it, same it, with Whistler, it, right? Whistler every is time, so many Australians. Every time I, when I would come to Oz and, and I'd, uh, I'd meet uh, an Aussie and they'd say, oh yeah, I went to Canada. Like nine times out of 10, it was to go skiing. It was only, they only ever saw uh, Vancouver and, you know, the, maybe the interior of BC to get to a couple of, of the big ski hills, but it was never, you know, and in sure it makes sense. Cause that's, that's your Vancouver's your first port of entry, uh, into Canada, uh, if you're flying over from Oz. So, you know, to really, to make the, the time and the effort to go any mm. further East is, uh, you know, it takes a real, real solid effort. And same here with me, like the bulk of the touring when I would come to Australia, like I think I was only, East Coast, yeah. it was always East Coast and you're like, you know, maybe go over to, go over to Melbourne, go over to Adelaide. I was Perth maybe twice out of all the years of traveling to Australia um, because everything was always so concentrated. Uh, just, it, it, it was always easier to fly, even though it still took 26 hours. Uh, it was always just that little bit shorter to fly west across Canada, yeah. across the entire country of Canada, and then across the Pacific yeah. to get to Sydney, then yeah. going across the Atlantic and, and through uh, like Heathrow or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's a commentary, like, you know, I don't think we can feel too bad about it because I mean, when you go like a lot, it happens anywhere. Like, you know, people go to France, they go to Paris, people go to, sure. I mean, they go to London, you, you know, travel for it. You go to the US, you go to Los Angeles or New York, like you're sort of going into those major cities and, you know, it depends on what you're traveling for. But just just as I'm talking to you, I mean, I, I did have those wonderful times to be able to see 
you know, to be able to go to Toronto, be able to come to Halifax, to be able to see the real life. But yeah. just in time, you know, in thinking about it, I think I really, to come back another time, I do really need to come in the summer because, or in the, the not ski season, because if it's ski season, I'm going to head to the mountain. Of like, course. That's what I love. And naturally, I would head to the mountain. And to be fair, like in the winter, like, uh, God, you know, if you were in Toronto or something, the winter, that would be, you don't really want to be traveling around. It's, it's brutal, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, if you're if you were coming to the if you were coming to Canada in the winter time, uh, and you wanted to experience something other than West Coast skiing, skiing in Quebec is really, really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because right, you know, we're we're at the uh, we're at the top end of that Appalachian range that goes all down the, the eastern seaboard. And so, the, you know, it, go if you're in the States and you go skiing through Vermont and then Vermont up into Quebec. And there's some really great at the, the Laurentians, which is about an hour, hour and a half north of Montreal, have some really, really beautiful skiing and some lovely, lovely resorts there. And so we would in March, we would routinely take uh, March holidays uh young fellow would be off from school for a week and we would drive up visit family and do a bunch of skiing around montreal and uh make a few stops along the way just to hit the slopes and then get back in the car and drive another few hundred kilometers and then stop at another one and hop out and hit the slopes and and uh you know i mean atlanta canada is not really known for for great skiing you know we don't have we don't have the high the, the high mountains, but uh, you, you can you can get some beautiful skiing done in uh, through Quebec for sure. But different, it's a different experience, and I'm gonna um, you know like you kind of jokingly said, but seriously, this could be like part one of seven because I could talk to you forever. Uh, but I'm gonna add like something interesting. Uh, <laughs> I just want to comment on is um, you know the the language in Canada, like to that it is such a, a bilingual country that you know every piece of packaging has the French and the, and the English on there. So, and that you almost have a country, again, a country within a country, like Canada is so huge. It's like, and that people who are um, French Canadian almost, do they see themselves as kind of a different culture almost? Oh, absolutely. It's um, to the, you know, to the point where when you go in, it's the second you cross the border uh, uh, from either side, Ontario or New Brunswick into Quebec, everything's immediately reversed. So it, most of the packaging, like when you just from just from a, a, a consumer, just from a retail standpoint, mm-hmm. um, you know, predominantly everything's written in English and then it's and then French is there and it, but it's it's minimized. Uh, in, a, in some smaller font, but in Quebec, it's the absolute other way around. And in some cases, they don't even include the English thing. So it's mm-hmm. such a, there's such a, uh, there's, um, th- there's such a pr- protectionism about the uh, Quebecois identity. And, you know, to the point where, you know, Canada a couple of times has been on the brink of, you know, in referendums of separation where Quebec has, ha- there's been provincial votes um and an, i think there was a national i think the, the the last one was a national referendum um wow. and it wasn't it's not like it was uh overwhelmingly to one side or the other yes or no it was it was very close down the middle of it whether or not uh quebec maintained status as a, a province or if they you know went out on their own 
and uh, became their own country. But if they, if they in fact do, do that, then they, they really split Canada into two completely segmented sections. So for lots of reasons, it didn't happen, but there were lots of reasons why they wanted it to happen. And not the least of which was the pride and the, uh, the pride of the identity mm. that comes that from, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, just, just the, the, the history of, of, uh, you know, plains of Abrams and, and, and Quebec and, uh, sovereignty and, and, you know, even to the point where, um, the French, the, uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's taken on such a, uh, such an identity that, you know, I routinely hear folks, people will say when they come from France, they'll, they'll come over from Paris Yes. and it's like hitting a different dialect. You know, yes. it's like hearing the difference between maybe the difference between Irish and, um, uh, Scottish okay. accent or <laughs> yeah, Australian and New Zealand, you know, you would think, Oh, you're just speaking French. Oh no, 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 no. I'm speaking France French and you're speaking Canadian French Quebecois or you're speaking Acadian French, uh, you know, which is, has ties to uh, the expulsion of the Acadians from Nova Scotia, oh uh, which is how, why we have Cajun music that Cajun was the from New Orleans. That's where the, the bulk of uh, those families that were uh, expelled from the from from the region, Atlantic region, a lot of them traveled down the eastern seaboard and settled. They went further inland into Louisiana, and and so that's that's why there's such a musical connection of between our our, our two music scenes here. Wow! But uh, it's uh, you know the, the linguistically Canada on on paper Canada is officially a bilingual yes. country, but that doesn't take into account all the the different uh, dialects and the different languages across the First Nations in the country. Yes. And which the um, Inuit people there's there's everything from well there's everything from from Mi'kmaq uh, uh here in, in the Atlantic region uh to uh I, I believe uh Sioux nations across uh Ontario parts of northern Ontario. And, uh, and, and uh, other First Nations right across the country and up north. And so, uh, you know, there, there, are, there are languages there that are still very, very vibrant to the point where I, even just recently I saw in the news, I don't know if you um, had heard of this or not, but one, one big, I think it was a Pixar movie. I can't mm. remember what it was. It might have been Up or something like that. Uh, or Chicken Run, or I, it was one of the, it was an animated movie that was had such a cult following. It had been redubbed. All the voice uh, the voices had all been redubbed in uh, into First Nations languages, wow. and uh, and they got they you know they it, the the producers caught wind of it and the directors and they were you know it was like man this is amazing this is so wonderful what you're doing for your language and your culture and so there's really there's there's lots going on more than just the French English yeah. uh, sort of back and forth uh, in Canada. I loved I learned about um, when I was over in BC and I, I learned about the yeah the the Inuit people were there and there was this thing they have where they build these statues and I actually bought an earring of it. It looks like a little star person, like somebody was standing there, hands out um, and their legs out. And I bought these earrings that were made into snowflakes out of it. And I lost one, but I still have one. And it's my most treasured thing. But these, um, they would make these stone sculptures and generally into this person. 
Um, and it was a way to know that that was home. So you would that build it, home. say, somewhere and, and you would see that and that would that would connect you to home. And I just It sounds like you're you're ta you're describing an Inukshuk. Yes. Inukshuk. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so Oh, so beautiful. I made one. I went to Kilimanjaro and I made one and I just yeah. always remember that. Obviously I didn't remember the name very well, but that having this icon. Actually, I did. I bought um a little silver pendant with mm -hmm. Anukshuk on it and on the back it's like it's like it says home or something like that. I just felt like if I had that, it was always like my connection. It was such a traveler. It spoke yeah. to my traveler heart, you know? Completely, completely. Oh, well, look, I, I, gosh, I could talk to you forever. I'm going to give you a couple of quick fire questions because we're going right, to wrap good. up. So when you say quick fire, do you mean like I get five minutes per question? <laughs> no, I, I mean like, I, I mean like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So food, what's the food you got to have when you come to Canada? Uh, fried beaver tails. What? I would have yeah, said no, poutine. I mean, poutine, you get, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Poutine is pretty rad. It's pretty awesome. Uh, well, you didn't uh, offer but, me fried beaver tails. I feel, I feel robbed. I don't know if uh, I would have wanted it, but I feel robbed. Yes. Well, listen, come back. Okay, that's yeah, why you were just holding the beaver tails, just like as, that's the carrot you will dangle. That's right. Like people walk around with a lucky rabbit's foot. We just walk around with a, a lucky fried beaver tail, drizzled with cinnamon sugar and chocolate, and oh, it's like crispy. is it legitimately it's a be like it's not a beaver? It's not a real beaver. Like it's it's not an actual. Tail I mean, we're not talking like drop bears. No, but like, is it the tail of a beaver? Like, you, like it's actual or are you talking about like it's looks like a beaver's tail but it's actually made of pastry <laughs> he's pointing at me and grinning so i'm hoping it's, that's the case you're absolutely right <laughs> is this like canadian food trivia like like yeah no it's, it's so it, so it is, beaver is tail. It, it is it's it is a it's a it is like a, a real quick fried uh dough Okay. And, uh, and it's, uh, it, it actually, some of it has, uh, well, I don't know where commercially it comes from, but, um, you know, it's, it's basically stretched dough, like almost like a pizza dough. Yeah. Uh, but then you, you do a real quick flash fry. So it's super crisp on the outside, super fluffy on the inside. And then you top it with maple syrup and you top oh, it with, you can have language. savory, you can have savory <laughs> or sweet beaver tails. And uh, they're they're pretty deadly. Okay, so just for all the vegans out there who were, who were outraged a minute ago, yes, okay, it is uh, a pastry. It sounds amazing. I'm booking a flight as soon as the <laughs> right um, now as we speak. Right, yeah. yeah, as soon as the borders open, I you know I'm coming for the beaver tails. Um, Justin Trudeau, yay or nay? That's not black or white. <laughs> that's not. That's like he's such a you know people i mean look the guy he's he's a handsome man um but uh yeah he was because oh, are we talking are we talking model looks oh yeah all the way <laughs> you kidding me no but people were such a fan of him and then i don't know maybe it's um it was like he's a big love for him and uh, he, i mean yeah i mean he's had missteps he's done some things right he's done some things wrong yeah. uh politics uh, right and that's politics. That's the nature of the business. Ultimately, I think he's, uh, especially over the last, he's taken a lot of heat uh, over the last uh, year um, on different things. And then he's been praised. So it's been, he's right now, I, I ultimately, I guess I'm a yay fan, but yeah. there are days where I'm like, 
Oh man. You Oh man, I can't. I can't. You're, but you're just so damn good looking. Okay, <laughs> I'm a yay again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does get the good looking vote, but uh you yeah, know, he's really he's copped like not copped. He's attracted a lot of attention. Um he's been a very um yeah, like just cuz you know, we hear a lot about the president. Um, you know, we yep. hear sometimes a lot about the British prime minister. We don't necessarily hear a lot about other world leaders, but I like I didn't know about any other Canadian um, prime ministers. But when he came to, you know, into power, I have. Sure. We've heard a lot more about Canadian politics since he's mm-hmm. been around, and maybe that is uh, the vanity of the world, and and it's the good looking card. But um, yeah, interesting. I was I just interested. He he gets a lot of mention. And then, um, oh gosh, this is my, my terrible brain at the moment. I had a good question before. Oh, for my own uh, indulgence, can you please say out and about? Oot and about. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just, I got a few things to do. I'm oot and about. What are you at? You, you stays where you at till it comes where you too. <laughs> the O thing is like, it, it is real and it is, um, it is the differentiator between, and there's nothing more offensive than calling a Canadian American. Right, <laughs> man. If you want to, if you, like, and ca- Canadians are notorious for apologizing. <laughs> but no way, bud. No, you <laughs> no way. You you just out for a rip, are you, bud? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get it. You're gonna get pucked right in the mouth. <laughs> so if I ever meet someone and I can't tell, I will always ask. And uh, don't ask, are you American? You ask, where are you from? Or where in North America are you from? Would be, uh, I guess, more. Well, isn't that the same? Isn't that the same thing about uh, uh, about thinking uh, you're, when you're speaking to someone from New Zealand, you just assume they're Australian? Yeah, Kiwis get upset. Australians don't. We're like, haha. Right. <laughs> like, you would never guess. You would rarely, very rarely guess that someone was a Kiwi over an Australian. But uh, yeah, they get very very touchy about it and uh we're like oh you guys just go hang out with the sheep don't worry about it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm gonna get ripped by some uh, you're gonna you're gonna get man. some hate mail over that one i uh, know well look we had a little bit of a go but the thing is when you go there we thought we had all the jokes and then we went there and then they were just ripping on us like and you're like oh oh yeah this goes both ways like you can oh, yeah. make fun of us too god oh and you know what that's the thing i like I, you know, people say that about Canadians, that the Canadians are, are um, you know, have, you know, great sense of humor. You know, I think of people like John Candy and Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Eugene Levy, oh. a lot of, uh, you know, Martin Short. I think of there's so many uh, uh, um, uh, just super, super, super funny Canadians that um, have, have been on the scene. And uh, but... There is something to that, like if you, particularly in Atlantic Canada, and and even more so in Newfoundland, Labrador. There's something about the hardships of growing up in Newfoundland um, in, on a on a giant island that's completely detached from the rest of the country, and where you get you know winters are harsh, springs are just everything floods. Mm. and 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 everything is coastal so you you're 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 wrestling with the seas and so all of that has produced some really super funny canadians you know i think of uh uh, canadians like mary walsh um uh kathy jones uh, rick mercer uh sean majumder 
uh, I think Matthew Wright, these are all uh, uh, comedians from different sort of different eras, but ha that have all, uh, all grew up and called Newfoundland home, but are some of the funniest people because they have the ability to turn the lens on themselves mm. and point out, point out the, 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 uh, you know, take look at the the rough edges of themselves and and turn it into something that we can all relate to and have a laugh over. I love it. I love it, and I love that. Um, you know, I actually live in Labrador on the Gold Coast, and it's just funny that like the two places you chose to name were both dogs. Right. <laughs> like Newfoundland <laughs> and Labrador. So basically, just all the dog breeds came out of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You are welcome. Uh, well, I, I wish I could talk to you forever. Um, I miss you terribly, and I can't wait till uh, either you can get here or I can get there or both. Um, you are a dear, amazing friend and uh, an excellent export of your proud country, Canada. Oh, don't worry, shucks. guys. I know it's, I do know it's Canada. Don't worry, but I cannot say. It's a Canuckian. Um, it's Canuckian. Oh, you're a Canuckian. Yes. Yeah, it's I pronounced Canuckian. So thank you so much for your time, Mr. Charlie Acourt. And um, yeah, you're just the best. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So That's tune in right. next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.